Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Okay, we keep talking about the new target for electric vehicles in Canada. So 2035, that is the deadline in Canada to go to 100% electric vehicle sales. We got some of the details laid out yesterday by the Federal Environment Minister. I got Barry Penner standing by to discuss. Here's what I was wondering about. Where Where's all the power supposed to come from? Now... Listen to Stephen Gilbo here, the federal environment minister, make the case for electric vehicles. He says, look, this is going to save you a lot of money. All right. Have a listen. Over a 10 year span, the gas powered car costs you over eighty two thousand dollars during its lifetime. But an electric car would only cost about fifty thousand dollars. That's over thirty thousand dollars in savings for Canadians. That's because the electricity you buy to power your electric vehicle is much cheaper than gasoline. Okay, uh, all right, I, I get that argument. But if everyone is forced to go electric vehicle sales, where is all the electricity supposed to come from? Did you know that right now, British Columbia is importing electricity? In a province where we have all these hydroelectric dams, 20% of our power right now? being imported into British Columbia. Let's discuss it with my guest, Barry Penner, the former Environment Minister of BC, former Attorney General. He is the new chair of the Energy Futures Initiative. So let's talk about the uh, the amount of power that BC is importing right now. Tell me about that. What's going on there? Because I think this is a surprise to a lot of people. Well, Mike, congratulations to you, because uh, we broke this story last month uh, before yeah. other media were reporting it. You'll recall you and I discussed this on your program uh, that BC this year it was actually importing more electricity year to date than the Site C dam would produce in an entire year if and when it gets finished. Yeah. Um, so uh, kudos to you for uh, being ahead of the curve on that story and making it public. Now, of course, Global TV reported it last night and following on uh, Justine Hunter's article in the Globe and Mail on Monday. Yeah. Um, and it, it is hard for British Columbians to believe it. And I know when talking to my friends, they're so used to BC being uh, in a surplus and selling electricity to our neighbors, that it's really hard to get your mind around the fact that we are now dependent on others for keeping the lights on here at home. And I just want your listeners to think of this, that where is that electricity coming from? The majority is coming from the United States. And as you and I discussed in your program last month, the majority of electricity in the United States comes from fossil fuels, coal and natural gas, makes up 60% of the electrical production on average in the United States. And that's most of what we're importing uh, here into British Columbia this year. Wow. And looking at the numbers here now, it's about 10,000 gigawatt hours of electricity this year. That's about 20% of the total load, a cost of $450 million to import this power. And why do we need to import this power? It's being blamed on drought conditions, right? Like if we have drought conditions like we saw in British Columbia this year, that means we generate less hydropower. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, we've actually been below average precipitation for a couple of years now. 
Uh, I know when it rains on a on a particular day, people forget that quickly. But actually, if you look back over the last two years or more, we've had below average snowpack and less than average rainfall. Um, so uh, the, that's part of the factor. The other is population growth. We're continuing to see increasing numbers of people, and that does mean increasing usage of electricity. And uh, there's been uh, various uh, businesses invest in British Columbia that are power intensive. Uh, anytime somebody opens up a new uh, server farm uh, serving the internet uh, or things related to that, Bitcoin mining, for example, all of that consumes significant quantities of electricity. Uh, there was a recent report out that uh, artificial intelligence, uh, as that really takes off, it's going to consume huge amounts of electricity over and above current demand levels. Uh, and we are not alone. So we are currently importing and relying on our neighbors for this electricity. But what should really give us pause, and this has not been reported, so you can say that this is uh, breaking news, but the uh, something called the Western Electricity Coordination Council, representing utilities in Western United States and Alberta and BC, has reported that there is a growing risk to adequacy throughout the West, United States and Western Canada, for meeting demands, and that this risk is going to become uh, very significant in just two or three or four years from now. So at the same time that we're going to be counting on electricity to displace other forms of energy for vehicles and for household heating and everything else that's in the current BC government's clean BC plan, uh, the other areas that we're in, the regions that are currently propping us up, they're going to have their own problems keeping their lights on. So we may not be able to depend on our neighbors to bail us out like they've been bailing us out this year. Speaking to Barry Penner, Energy Futures Initiative, talking about electricity imports into British Columbia. Yeah, 20% of our power imported into British Columbia this year. What about when the Site C Dam comes online? I guess it's fully operational 2025. That's not very far away. Will that will that uh, reduce the the need for us to import power? Well, uh, if we had some uh, moisture and then yeah. driving the turbines, that would help. But to put it in perspective for your listeners, uh, the amount that we've imported year to date, and the year's not over, is about double what the Site C Dam would produce in a normal year if we had normal precipitation. So the Site C Dam was not going to get us out of the jam. It's, but it's not going to answer the question about how are we going to we're uh, displace all the other energy forms that we currently use. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time in British Columbia thinking about electricity and BC Hydro, but that only represents about 17%. Less than 20% of our total energy consumption is electricity. More than 80% is in the form of natural gas, gasoline for your vehicles, diesel for trucks, uh, kerosene for ships or aircraft. Um, and the idea that we're going to go to a zero carbon economy uh, in a relatively short number of years and displace all of that other forms of energy with just electricity would mean building out our electrical system by about 500%, like five times more than it's currently producing. And we've seen how difficult it's been just to build the Site C dam that was announced 13 years ago, and it's still not finished. And yeah. it will only re represent about a 10% increase and our total capacity, it's taken us 13 years, 10% extra power supply. And yet the climate plans are calling for 
about a 500% increase if we're going to displace all the other forms of energy that we currently use. It, it, I think it's time for a rethink. This is what at the Energy Futures uh, Initiative that I'm now heading up as of uh, December 4th, uh, we're going to be digging more deeply into this and saying, given a finite supply of electricity, because there isn't an unlimited amount, as we can see, we're dependent on our neighbors now um, for imports. Uh, maybe we have to start thinking about where we prioritize the use of that electricity to get the biggest bang for the buck in terms of reducing carbon emissions. Because at the moment, we do not have enough electricity to displace all the other forms of energy that keep our economy going and uh, keep us comfortable in, uh, in cold days or even in hot days when we need air conditioning. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Okay, what, okay, those are some fascinating numbers that you're bro- breaking down there. What about the 2035 electric vehicle sales target now? We got a lot more details on this from the federal government yesterday. 100% EV sales by 2035. British Columbia has the same target enshrined here in BC. Can we meet this this target and... Where is all the power? Like, do we have enough power to, to do we have enough power right now for all these EVs? Obviously not, right? Well, we're importing today. Uh, and wait till the final numbers come in for the the total year's uh, net imports into British Columbia. It'll be more than 10,000 gigawatt hours or more than double the site C dam output in a given year. Um, the question that's a good question you're asking, but here's another question from a climate perspective, does it really make sense to force people to drive? electric vehicles if the electricity that's driving those vehicles is coming from a fossil fuel power supply yeah so like in british columbia right now we're importing electricity from the united states and 60 percent of that comes from burning coal and natural gas how much of a environmental benefit is it to the atmosphere that we're pushing people into electric vehicles if the electricity isn't coming from a clean source that's okay. a good question. And again, that's something we're going to be looking into at uh, uh, as part of the energy initiatives uh, project that I'm on. So what is the answer then? We need to generate more electricity. Is that what you guys are calling for? Uh, we haven't called for anything yet other than we're right. going to take a hard look at this. And we're asking people to send us comments and feedback through our website. Uh, you can find us just Google uh, Energy Futures Initiative. Uh, which is a subset of the ResourceWorks organization, which is a, a policy adv- advocacy group. Yeah. Um, so send us your thoughts and comments. And uh, people have been doing that. We've had quite a response since the launch a couple of weeks ago. And I've been uh, pointed towards a filing at the BC Utilities Commission, which shows that in one area, modeling's been done what happens to electrical demand if only 25% of people switch from using natural gas for heating to electrical uh, heat pumps. What would happen if only 25% switch is that the peak demand for electricity on the coldest day goes up 50%. And that's only if a quarter of people switch Mm. uh, just for heating. Now layer on EVs uh, and and other demands for electricity. Um, Electricity is amazing. And you know, I've been a strong advocate for renewable energy in British Columbia for my time as environment minister and even before. 
Sure. Uh, I was environment minister and helped commission the first wind power project in BC. But the reality is we don't have enough electricity to do everything at one time. So we're going to look at this more fulsomely and we're going to put forward some recommendations. But, you know, my initial thoughts are we're going to likely have to prioritize and think where do we get the biggest reductions in uh, GHGs and other improvements in local air quality uh, for the given amount of electricity? Because we do not have an infinite supply at the moment and it takes years and years to plan it. Uh, permitting processes are very difficult, as you know, and then to actually get it built. Uh, like the Site C Dam, it's been 13 years since it was announced and it's still not finished. Barry Penner, thank you for coming on with your thoughts and analysis on this today. I appreciate it. Very welcome. Good to be with you. Yeah.